Hey, good afternoon, Next Gen. Very, very warm welcome to our service and thank you, Pastor John uh, and Pastor Joey for having me back here today to share with you. It's so wonderful uh, and a warm welcome to those of you who are watching over at Bukit Baro with our watch party and for those of you who are online as well, it is indeed a privilege to be back here together with you and even better this time around because I get to see so many of you face to face. So right now, wherever you are, why don't you turn to your friend next to you Give them a thumbs up, give them a fist palm because you know why? It takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of intentionality to come here on site. So why don't you do that right now? And for those of us who are online, you are unable to join us today here on site for whatever reason, we're still super excited that you are actually tuning in to our service. You're here with us, you're engaging with us. So wherever you are online as well, I encourage you to put a thumbs up so that our hosts online can also engage you and welcome you. Okay? So, you know, next gen, um, just a little bit about myself. I serve in the creative arts ministry as a full-time staff here in church, um, like Brother Aaron and Brother... Brother Aaron and Brother... Brother Aaron and Sister Samantha, who you are very familiar with, right? We went through the GAP program somewhat about a year and plus ago, and then all of us became full-time staff. Okay, so you don't really see me that often because I am mostly at the adults' side. So it's so wonderful to feel young again here with all of you in the midst. All right, so um, you know, back in 2020 October, sometime in in the middle of the gap program, uh, I completed a major milestone in my life, and that milestone is one which every Singaporean male will have to go through. I officially became an R-O-D, personnel. Uh, thank you. <laughs> See, only the guys are clapping because they know what this is about. <laughs> so, for, 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 the, for the ladies in our midst, now, R-O-D basically means relief of duty or run-out date. Okay, that's what we call it. Essentially, it means that I am officially discharged of my national duty service obligation to the country after 10 years of Reservists. Okay? So, you know, as we were as we were going through our parade and all, we were just reminiscing um, what happened during the army days and what happened over our life. And one particular event stood out to all of us. And that was the 24 kilometers route march. Do you all still do 24 kilometers route march now? Yes? Yes? No sound? Is it 24? Is it still 24? No? No? Someone's shaking their head. No? Is it more than that now? Okay, but back then, we had to march for 24 kilometers carrying a fuel pack and a rifle with us. That's almost like, what, 20, 20 kg, thereabout. Okay, for the ladies, you know, just imagine this, right? You go on a shopping spree. You have all your bags with you. And then, there's no grab in sight. There's nothing in sight. And you have to carry all of that and walk all the way from Sentosa to Woodlands. That's roughly how far 24 kilometers is. Okay? So, um, year after year, this, this, this impossible feat, you know, um, we were kind of thinking, hey, at the start, like, how are we ever going to do that? You know, 24 kilometers is a very long journey. It's not possible at all. We can't even do it. Yet, year after year, you know, every one of us celebrated with our friends, with our family members, with our siblings, with our sisters and all, the completion of this impossible feat. And how do we do that? How, how was it even possible? 
See, all of us, all the guys, we had a common goal and we had a common desire that gave us the strength to be able to see through this impossible 24 kilometers route march. And on this journey, we had also our buddies, those whom we are being paired with. We have our section mates, our platoon mates, our commanders who were there cheering us, you know, encouraging us, you know, saying, hey, let's press on. We can do this together. Likewise, you know, similarly, you and I here seated today, we have a common denominator in our lives that will help us to overcome and see through the impossible circumstances of life. And this is the Holy Spirit. You know, Pastor John shared just now, you know, as a church, we were in transition, you know, somewhere two years ago, we started transiting. And at the start of the pandemic, I think most of us thought that this was impossible, right? Online church, mass worship, worship recordings from home, uh, daily devotional recordings, having grace groups on Zoom while you're eating your food and all and things like that. Social distancing. Yet, by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have put in place systems, safe distancing measures, structures that brought us here today. So wouldn't you just give each and every one of you a round of applause for the work well done the last two years, right? A lot of our volunteers have put in a lot of effort to make all of this possible. And so this common denominator, the Holy Spirit, brings us today to the big idea. And the big idea today is that the Holy Spirit enables you and I to live out the power and the presence of God in our community. I repeat one more time, our big idea today is that the Holy Spirit enables you and I to live out the power and the presence of God in our community. Together, you know, we survived the pandemic with structures in place, but there's so much more, right? we can actually thrive with the right culture in place. And so it is my prayer that as you sit here and as you listen and you're tuning in from online, wherever you are, that today after the sermon, you will say, yeah, I want to be a part of this community that will build the culture of our church in the season of transition. Because we strongly believe that the Holy Spirit will enable us to live out the power and His presence in our community. And so let's jump right in now to our text in Luke chapter 1, verse 35 to 45. I'm going to be reading from verse 35 to verse 38. And so the angel answered her, and that's Mary. He says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Verse 36, And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, so let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, the first point I would like to point us to from this text is that you and I, we belong to the God who does the impossible. 
Verse 35 starts off by telling us that the angel answered Mary. So what exactly did Mary ask? To know this, we have to look back a few verses and we have to examine the context of what happened previously. And so Mary was just minding her own business, you know, going about her day when suddenly the angel Gabriel came to her and said to her in verse 28, he said, you who are highly favoured, you will conceive and you will bear the Son of the Most High. Wow. Now Mary at this point, like many of us here, we know she was betrothed to Joseph, correct? But they had not consummated their marriage at all. So what this plainly means, as the text tells us, is that Mary is still a virgin. And even though Mary was no science student, you know, uh, she probably was aware of the law of nature. You and I here know that it takes X and Y chromosomes from a male and a female to form a human being, correct? It doesn't just happen like this. And so when she was told by the angel that she was going to be pregnant with a child, it was only natural for Mary to ask the angel, how is this going to be possible? if I am a virgin. She was looking for answers, isn't she? So the angel then answered Mary. And he said to her, this was how it's going to happen. In verse 35, it says, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. It was through the Holy Spirit that will fill her with power from God Most High that will bring about this impossible conception. And you know, at this point, actually it would be okay if the angel stopped here, right? Because Mary basically only asked one question, how? And the angel has given her the answer. But he went on in verse 36 and he said, Mary, behold, your relative, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. See, the Bible tells us that Elizabeth was what? Advanced in years. And even though we do not know exactly what age she was, we know that she was way past her time with regards to childbearing. And though, as though that was not bad enough, you know, we, we, we hear it wasn't just Elizabeth who was advanced in age. If you read further up the text, you realize that Zechariah, her husband, was also of an old age. That's like a double whammy, isn't it? Putting two old people together, not exactly the most ideal situation to conceive a child. But the third obstacle, which was probably what drew the nail into the coffin, was the fact that Elizabeth was barren. What this means was that old or young, whether it was external or internal medical condition, Elizabeth had all the odds stacked against her that just made it 
humanly impossible to give birth. What about you, next gen? Have you looked at a situation in your life before? Every perspective, you tried to examine it, you tried to find a way around it. Everyone around you and even the facts that were laid out before you tells you it is impossible. Yet the Word of God goes on and tells us Elizabeth is already in her sixth month of pregnancy. See, what God is trying to show Mary here is that He has already done the impossible. He has already done the impossible. For verse 37 tells us, for nothing will be impossible with God. Will someone say amen to that? And do you see how God prepared in advance for Mary the example of Elizabeth's divine conception so that he could assure, so that he could affirm and show Mary that he is the God who does the impossible. And he revealed his power and his presence that was working in that place. You know, almost a decade ago, my wife and I, we found ourselves caught in a very similar impossible situation in the process of buying our first home. See, the loan amount that we submitted and we subsequently was approved came back to us um, insufficient for the payment of our flat. We had a shortfall of roughly $30,000. And you know, as a young couple who just started working and we were also in the midst of planning for a wedding, we actually really did not have that much money to spare at all. And we were so stressed out by it because we were only two to three weeks away from collecting our keys. At which that particular point, we had to come up with $30,000 in cash to top up the amount. And I recall, you know, going home many times, opening up the letter, and I looked at it again and again and again and again, thinking maybe I saw the digit wrongly. Maybe it's not a three. Maybe it's an eight, you know, like they, 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 get, they did give us enough money, you know. Maybe I saw something wrongly. And I even attempted to call up HDB to ask the loan department, hey, say, hey, you know, you know, we're in this situation, you know, we're young, you know, we'd have a lot of savings. Is it possible, you know? And I remembered the officer looking at me and telling me, no, it's not possible. I said, maybe, oh, maybe I can try. I can try. I submit some documents again. I said, no, don't bother. Maybe you get even lesser amount. I was like, oh. It was so difficult. It was just impossible. And like Mary and Elizabeth we came face to face with an impossible situation that was beyond our understanding, beyond our control, and beyond our means. But verse 37 tells us, what is impossible for you and I is not so with God. For nothing will be impossible. 
possible with God. On their own, you know, Mary and Elizabeth, they could not have possibly conceived in their circumstances. You know that. One is a virgin, one is old and barren. And rightly so, right? They could not do it on their own because this wasn't any natural pregnancy. It was supernatural in nature. Similarly, in our situation, there was nothing we could do to come up with $30,000. We exhausted all means, you know. But yet, at this point, the Holy Spirit led us to share our situation with friends and family members so that they could pray alongside with us. They could encourage and journey with us. And many of them did. They told us, you know, keep praying, keep believing, keep trusting that God will provide. And then one day, my uncle came up to me and he said, why don't you try talking to your MP? He said, why don't you try talking to your MP? I was like, ah, oh, okay. I'm already at the end of myself. There's nothing else I could do. So no harm trying. And so I went. And to cut the long story short, the MP wrote some letter in to HDB and all. And the Friday before we collected our keys, that was like four days before we collected our keys, I got a call in the morning and said, hello, Mr. Lim, Mr. Heng wrote in and spoke to us. We are giving you your $30,000. Would you give God a praise? It was not something we could have done so. And even though it went through means of human hands, yet it was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit that led us to different conversations, that led us to different people who intervened and prayed alongside with us. We serve a God who does the impossible. Today, all of us seated here and online in Bukibado, all of us, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Ephesians 1.13 tells us that when you heard the message of truth and you believed it, you were marked with a seal. What is this seal? It is the promised Holy Spirit. And Romans 8.11 tells us the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. See, friends, the same Holy Spirit in Genesis at the supernatural creation, here in this story at the supernatural conception and the incredible resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. Are you facing an impossible situation in life? Every option you have, you've exhausted it. Every fact laid up before you comes against you. And maybe even those around you, they tell you that it is impossible. Maybe some of you that feel that, you know, I have, 
I won't have a future with this kind of results that I'm getting. Maybe some of you feel that, oh, I would not be able to find a job with this kind of qualification and my inexperience. I will never be able to break free of this sin and this bondage that I'm struggling with. Or maybe you feel, I am just not good enough to be accepted. It is all impossible. Today, let me encourage us. Why don't you try and replace those questions with prayers? Why don't you turn your impossible situation to a God who can do the impossible? Don't let fear determine your impossible situation, but let faith define your actions. So point number one, you and I, we belong to a God who does the impossible. And now let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 45. It says, In those days, Mary arose and she went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah and she entered the house of Zechariah and she greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greetings came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be, there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Our second point is we belong to a community that identifies with one another. Let me repeat that one more time. We belong to a community that identifies with one another. You know, after hearing this good news uh, and knowing her relative Elizabeth had went through a similar divine encounter, Mary hurried to find Elizabeth. You know, I can imagine, you know, Mary must have been filled with joy at that time, you know. Think, oh, Elizabeth? You mean this Elizabeth whom I know, my relative? The one who has been childless for decades? Who is in her old age? Yeah, that Elizabeth. And on the other hand, Elizabeth, you know, she might be thinking, you know, in her pregnancy, she was away. She, she, must not, she, not, she, she might have not been expecting any visitors at all. But upon hearing Mary's greetings, she was so delighted to have someone close to her come visit her. And she must have thought, ah, oh, wow, you came from so far. What brought you here? And snap, in that moment, the Holy Spirit filled her. Immediately, she was stirred because the Spirit of God revealed to her the prophetic purpose of Mary's visitation. And she began to then exclaim 
a blessing over Mary. Can you imagine that scene when the two of them met face to face? What a joyous occasion. How excited both of them were because both of them were carrying that same prophetic conception. You know, I recall when um, my wife and I first um, shared our pregnancy news with family and friends after we had waited for such a long time to conceive. Um, they too rejoiced with us. They sent us um, messages of congratulatory, brought us out for meals, they hugged us, they cried alongside with us, they celebrated with us. There was a buzz of excitement and happiness in the air. Similarly for Mary, you know, she must have been so excited to celebrate with Elizabeth that she would actually embark on a journey that took her at least three days, not 24 kilometers, 100 in 20 kilometers march all the way to Elizabeth so she could share in her joy so she could celebrate with Elizabeth. And at the same time, I'm imagining, you know, Mary must have been thinking, you know, I just went through something so unique and so unexplainable. I really want to find someone whom I can share with, who will not judge me for what just happened. I mean, it's so crazy, right? To go and tell someone that I'm a virgin, but I'm pregnant. And so she must be waiting and she must be looking for someone whom she can trust and confide in and to share this great news with. And there it was. The angel told her, Oh, behold, Mary, Elizabeth who was old, who was barren, she's now six months pregnant. And so Mary rushed and Mary hurried there, you know, because she must be thinking, oh, I must hear more from Elizabeth. I must hear from her experience. I must learn from her. I probably get to know the struggles that she went through, the tips, uh, 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 how she deal with the whole, this whole issue, you know, and her encounters, her fears, her worries that she can share with Elizabeth without being judged. Elizabeth must know how to respond to Mary, how to encourage Mary because she was, she is going through all of that. You know, recently I had a chance to visit um, one of the churches around and it was the first time that I've actually been to that church. And from the moment that I stepped in until the moment I came out three and a half later, three and a half hours later, my jaw was like, like this. the whole time. And that was because I was blown away by the place, the excitement, the sound, and this wow, very fantastic long catwalk like from here all the way to the end of Battle Hall in which the church had. You know, I was blown away by the people. I was blown away by the culture. I was just blown away by the work of the Holy Spirit in that place. You know, when I stepped foot in that place, my spirit was stirred. And I felt something in me leaped. See, because a few months back, God actually birthed something in my heart as we planned for the year 2022 ahead. He gave me two words. And the two words were community and culture. Community and culture. 
It was a dream. It was a vision. It was a prophetic burden that God laid upon my heart of how things could be for our ministry, for our church, for you and I seated here today. And as I stepped into that building, it was like Mary, when she stepped into Elizabeth's house, what she saw, what she felt at that point of time. Someone who had conceived. I saw the impossible laid upon my heart, lift out right in front of me. A church so deeply in love with God and a community that was enabled by the Holy Spirit to live out His power and His presence. And then over that same weekend during our Sunday services, God brought along the Elizabeths to me. First, He brought Pastor John, you know, Pastor John and I met at the back of the hall and we just started chatting and talking about ministry, what God was doing. And shortly after, somehow, our conversation ended up on this visit that I did. And almost immediately, like how the baby lived in the womb, Pastor John resonated straight away with what I said. And before long, you know, some, someone came riding up on the clouds, I mean, riding up on the escalator. It was Pastor Joey. And he too joined in the conversation there. And shortly after, the three of us, we shared a burden right there and then. to build community and a culture. See, we identify with one another right away. Next gen, you know, you and I, we may be in a very different place and season in our life. We may have different gifts, different talents, different burdens, and God has placed us in different areas of our workplaces, our schools, our ministry. Yet, because of the common denominator, the Holy Spirit that lives in you and I, something happens when we come together to share. We recognize what God has given to us goes beyond the workplaces, the schools, and the ministries in which He has placed us in. And we start to identify with one another what God is doing through us. See, the Holy Spirit enables you and I to live out His power and His presence in the community that we are planted in. Not for ourselves, but so that we can advance the kingdom of God. Would you join me as you bow your heads and close your eyes in prayer? This afternoon, 
there are two groups of people that I want to speak to. You know, the first group of people whom I want to speak to, maybe you are like Elizabeth. You've been where you are for the longest time, barren. Barren, empty. Maybe you think it's impossible for God to birth anything. It is impossible for God to do anything. Yet today we know and we learn you and I belong to a God who does the impossible. And maybe you are like Mary, some of you here. Wherever you are, God has placed in your heart this burden, this dream, this vision. And you're wondering, who can I share it with? Is there someone I can trust in? I want you to know you are in a place where you can come forth to your leaders and you can share this with them and trust that they are here with you as well. Because this is more than just about you. You know that, right? God didn't place that vision, that dream, that burden in you just for you. It was not for you only. But like Mary, who birthed Jesus Christ, who eventually came and fulfilled the great commission, who gave you and I salvation, who brought eternal hope. That vision that's birthed in you is for the kingdom of God and for his purposes. And so whether you're an Elizabeth or whether you're a Mary here, this afternoon you say God I want to respond won't you birth something in me something that, that that I thought was impossible that I've been bearing for the longest time God won't you give me dreams and visions again so that God I can be a part of this greater commission that you have of the greater purpose of, of, of what you desire for me to do in this age wherever I am and like Mary you're saying God I know it's bigger than me I want to share and identify with my community so that I can advance your kingdom. Young people, would you build a community and a culture that will advance the kingdom of God wherever you are? If that is you, I want you to raise your hand by the count of three. You give me the privilege and opportunity to pray for you. And so one, two, and three. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for those hands. Thank you very much for those hands. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful, we're so thankful that you would even consider us worthy to partner with you. And so Lord, you see those hands 
that are raised, whether it is here or whether it is in Bukit Bato or whether it's online, wherever they are, Lord, you see those raised hands. And God, I just pray you will bring about this prophetic burden. You will bring dreams and visions, oh God. Lord, that which is empty and barren for years, God, you will cause it to sprout and to flourish and to lavish upon their lives once more. That they will not stop dreaming for you. They will not stop believing in a God that does the impossible. And God, for those of us here whom you have laid in us, that vision, that dream, God, I pray we'll be good stewards of it. We will learn and we will identify with the community of believers in our midst. That God, it is not just about us, but it is for the advancement of your kingdom. So empower us, enable us, Holy Spirit, to live out our lives for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And the second group of us here, you know, you hear about this community, you hear about this story, perhaps you are here for the first time, you know, you've joined your friends, they've invited you, wherever you are, you know, you witness this community lift out. And you see and you hear about the potential of where this community could end up as well. And you say, yeah, I want to be a part of this community. I want to invite the Holy Spirit. I want to invite God into my life. So right now, all over this place, if that is you, would you raise up your hand so that I can pray with you and for you? Is there anyone? Yeah, and I can't see those who are online. I can't see those who are tuning in. I can't see those at Bukit Batok. But if there is someone out there who says, Yes, Lord, I want to, would you say this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all that I've done. And I believe and I know that you have came to die on the cross, to die for my sins so that I can be reconciled with you. So this afternoon, I want to make a decision of faith to invite you into my heart and to say, Lord, be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.